This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. Some things are such a staple of life in the Twin Cities that it's easy to take them for granted without knowing their origin stories. We've talked about a couple of them here on the podcast, from the Stone Arch Bridge to Minnesota's gopher mascot. Today we delve into the Dales, the suffix on several prominent shopping malls in the region. One of them, Southdale, was a pioneering concept when it opened in 1956 that helped define the very idea of a shopping mall. But why Dale? Reporter John Ewalt tracked down the answer for us and joins us on the podcast today. But first, let's hear from Alex Conover, who asked this great question. So I moved to the Twin Cities from Winona in 2011. And as I started to look around the area, uh, whenever I had to go to a mall, I noticed when I looked them up, they all ended in Dale, Rosedale, Ridgedale, Southdale. So I'd always wondered, what is it about these malls? Why do they all end in Dale? Well, John, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. So let's start with the premise of this question. What is the origin of the Dale name on a lot of our malls here in the Twin Cities? How many Dales do we have? Well, there are are four official Dales. And by official, I mean that those are the four Dales that were uh, created by the Dayton Company. And that includes Southdale, Brookdale, Rosedale, and Ridgedale. Now we've lost Brookdale. That has been torn down. And there is one other Dale in the Twin Cities in Coon Rapids called Riverdale, but that was never part of this project. And that's an open air mall. Okay, got it. So this all begins with what was at the time a completely pioneering concept, and this was to create Southdale in what was then, it was was Edina, right? What was it like where they were creating Southdale? Because it wasn't like it is today where we have lots of these big medical complexes and apartment buildings and all these different things down there. Right. So this was just the very beginning of suburban life. And so there were no major interstates. It was just, you know, minor roads and that was kind of a big problem. And so a lot of people who were used to going to the core city, you know, the downtowns to shop, were thinking that going all the way out to this area would mean, you know, it would take a long time because you couldn't take the interstate. And so they called that expression, you know, going over hill and dale to visit Southdale. And that was considered quite a big deal. And that is actually where the Dayton family, they heard that so often that they finally thought they should kind of capitalize on that word Dale. And that's part of the reason that they decided to use that. And Dale has this sort of origin in uh, England, right? And the sort of English colloquialism? Yes, the word Dale literally means valley. And so uh, when they looked at, you know, what the Southdale area looked like, it was really pretty bucolic. So it was considered to be almost like farmland. So this really was, in a sense, like a respite, a Dale that meant a valley, which was a peaceful place. Okay. And what year would this have been? This was 1956 when it opened. Okay. And so some of our listeners have probably heard the story, but Southdale was not just a Minnesota phenomenon. I mean, this was something that was nationally unique. I mean, talk to us a bit about what Southdale meant and and how it still sort of reverberates through our culture today. 
Well, it was the very first indoor mall that was heated and air conditioned. Uh, it was the first in the entire world. And so not only did this get local, state and national attention, it even got international attention because this was so different than anything else that had been done before. And what's really interesting, I think, is that Southdale wasn't just a shopping mall. I mean, it wasn't strictly that, as some of these Dales later became. It was really meant to be the early form of shoppertainment. So it had an aviary, and it had a daycare, and a fish pond, and these sidewalk cafes. So it was all along meant to be much more than shopping, and it was an immediate success. It didn't need time to catch on. And so people would have to take all these winding roads to get there until the Crosstown 62 was built? Yeah, I mean, they started building the Crosstown 62 in 56 when it opened, but it didn't formally have its own grand opening until 10 years later in 1966. So even though the Daytons planned on Crosstown, you know, making it a lot easier to get to Southdale, it just didn't happen quickly enough. And your story also mentioned that Southdale was unique because they invited one of their chief competitors to be a part of it. Now we think of anchor tenants, and, and this may seem more normal, but that was very unusual at the time, right? Yes, they were the, the first to do that. And so they invited Donaldson's to be the anchor at the other end of the mall. And that really was considered unusual. Now, of course, Donaldson's was downtown Minneapolis as well. But the idea really took hold, and that is that, uh, you know, the more competitors you have, the bigger the draw. Okay. And so moving on, I mean, you know, we have all these other Dales. So was it the Dayton Company, uh, Dayton Hudson Corporation that basically spurred these other Dales to be created? And, and where did they end up doing that and, and why? Uh, yes, it, it was the Dayton Company. And then later it became Dayton Hudson when they purchased the Hudson's department store based out of Detroit. But um, this was something that, you know, because Southdale was such a success, they decided that they really had something. And all along, they wanted to have these Dales in four corners of the Twin Cities, south, north, east, west. And so they next went to Brookdale. And uh, that was, I believe, in like the early 60s. And they went there, according to one of my sources, because unlike Southdale, it did have a freeway that was next to it. And that was Highway 100, which kind of ringed the Twin Cities at the time. So that was their, their next one. And then they went to Rosedale, and finally to Ridgedale. And that meant that they then had the four corners of the Twin Cities. And was there some significance in the other names that they gave to the Dales, like Ridgedale or Rosedale? Um, I think most of them were pretty self-explanatory. I know that when I looked at some of the comments online for the story, one person said, what's up with Ridgedale? Why did they call it that? But if you actually go into the mall, even though it looks fairly flat, and you, if you were to have lunch at the Nordstrom Cafe, you'll see that it really is on somewhat of a ridge. And so all the area around it becomes kind of that dale, that valley. So that was, was perfectly you know, fine as far as the name. And then Rosedale, of course, came from Roseville and Brookdale from Brooklyn Center. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. So what was sort of the timeline for all these Dales to get completed? I mean, when was sort of the full picture finished then for Dayton Corporation? I think that the, the completion, of course, was the last one, Ridgedale. That happened in 1974. Brookdale was 62. And then Rosedale happened in 1969. Okay. This is not that much time, but a fair amount of time elapsed between these different things. And, right, then, right. and then you said one of them no longer exists? 
Yeah, Brookdale has been torn down, and I believe a Walmart is there in its place. I mean, you know, it's just one of those examples that I think, you know, a lot of people probably started going to Rosedale because uh, Rosedale, I think, really took a lot of customers from Brookdale. It was a little more upscale. It was larger. It had, you know, more stores. And so I think that was the beginning of its demise. So in a sense, uh, you know, the the company kind of created too much competition there for itself. Right. So it's interesting. We're talking about, you know, what has become sort of this ubiquitous uh, suburban thing, the mall and its origins. But, you know, in our case, you know, Dayton, this company was also a huge player in downtown. How did they kind of balance their downtown interests and their suburban interests? I mean, were they abandoning one for the other or what was sort of the thinking there? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. No, they they were not abandoning one for the other, but they really did see suburban shopping as the future. And so as a way to keep what they already had in the downtown St. Paul and Minneapolis areas, you know, one of the things that people have always complained about as far as downtown shopping was a lack of parking. So Dayton's actually added a ramp right next to their store, connected it, you know, via the Skyway and different things. And then the Skyway was actually something that was expanded throughout the downtowns so that the weather, which was another factor which really affected downtown shopping, was able to be a little bit muted because of the Skyways. One takeaway I have from this is that, you know, this company, which um, it no longer exists, right? I mean, it's, it's now spun off into Target, but the Dayton company, is it Dayton Corporation or Dayton Company? It originally was the Dayton Corporation and then became Dayton Hudson. And and of course, then they bought Marshall Fields. But eventually on the stock exchange, they actually changed the name to Target. Okay. But the Dayton Corporation, which is now sort of spun off into Target, has actually played a fairly significant role in just what the the streetscapes look like, both in suburbia, in, in the Twin Cities, but also in downtown. And maybe we forget that sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And of course, the Daytons, they were they were very creative. I mean, they were always kind of looking for how consumers were changing their shopping habits. And so they saw that those those shoppers were starting to go to the suburbs rather than the downtowns. And then they realized that the shoppers were a little bit more interested in, in the discount shopping and getting deals than they were in paying full price in department stores. Okay. So what is the future of the Dales? I mean, we were in very unusual times for retail before the pandemic, and maybe you could update us about sort of the status of of retail, but what is the thinking about where these Dales will be in the next 10, 20, 30 years? I I think a lot of people are really concerned about their future. And I think what's interesting to kind of pull this whole conversation, you know, back to square one, Southdale was all about shoppertainment. And and that's what Mall of America created and and what some of these other malls now that are still remaining, like Rosedale and Ridgedale and, and Southdale, they are trying to go back to that. Now, that's not a brand new concept that's been going on for at least the last decade. But the idea is that shopping is not enough of a draw anymore because of the internet. And so you have to find a lot of different things to bring people into the malls. Now with COVID, that has brought that back into question and and how safe do people feel there? So I think we'll need to get beyond that. But uh, I think that department stores, these anchors are, are definitely not the future for any of these malls. So you're going to have to start seeing other options to fill these large spaces. 
Right. I mean, at the Mall of America, they were talking about putting in a water park as sort of what you're talking about, more shop attainment. And then that has been kind of on hiatus with the pandemic. So it sounds like it's kind of an open question at this point, whether they'll be able to succeed in making that transition, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's no question that they're going to have to continue to change to bring shoppers in. And, and what that is, I think a lot of them are still trying to figure out. All right. Well, John, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is some uh, great information today. Hey, thanks, Eric. Listeners, as you're sitting around the fire pit this fall, having a socially distant gathering with friends, remember to tell them about some of the interesting factoids that we unearth today on the podcast. Or perhaps fill them in on why Uptown is called Uptown, or how their wastewater is treated, and many other subjects that we have explored on this show. And remind them that they, too, can have all this knowledge piped into their ears for free if they subscribe to the Curious Minnesota podcast. Now, if they're still skeptical, maybe they already subscribed to lots of podcasts. One additional point to make is that they, too, could get their own questions answered by recording a voice memo on their phone and emailing the audio to curious at startribune.com. We may choose it and have an expert answer the question on the show. Now, if you have any ideas about the show or just want to send general feedback, we want those at curious at startribune.com. I really appreciate you listening the show and telling people about it. So thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.